Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 177. Once again, my friends, it is good to be back from a long hiatus. I know what you're thinking. Chris is slowly fading away into obscurity, but that's not the case at all. And, uh, you know, I, I keep saying that a lot of things have been going on in my personal life, which is true, but the show must go on and I miss it when I don't do it. I know there's a lot I need to catch up on. This episode is mainly going to be focused on my trip to Moparty. I'm going to do another episode here in a couple of days about my trip to the duct tape drags and possibly an episode about what's coming up for the rest of the winter and my plans for 2024. So I guess there's only one thing left to do. And that's get this show on the road. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. For this year's Mo Party, which was the fourth annual, I know leading up to the show, I kept promoting it as the third annual, but it's actually the fourth annual Mo Party that happened. Um, I decided that uh, much like last year when Matt and I road tripped out there from Arkansas, I actually flew out to Arkansas to meet up with Matt, uh, my friend Big Block from Big Block's Garage. Um, go check out that podcast and follow him at Big Block's Garage. We actually road tripped out from his place in Arkansas out to Bowling Green, Kentucky. But this year... My friend Blake, or our friend Blake, from Sublime Technologies, formerly DIY Hemi, was going to join us again because the second annual show, uh, Blake and a couple of our other friends were with us for that Mo Party, but last year it was just Matt and I. So this year, Blake was going to attend too, and we decided to road trip up to Bowling Green from this time, New Orleans, and I had never been to New Orleans before, so this was going to be a hell of an experience. And my God, was it. So I fly into New Orleans. Um, it's like 1130 when I land and I get off the plane and I step outside. Okay. I've never been to Louisiana before. I step outside and immediately I started sweating. It was so humid. Matt and Blake were making fun of me. And I was joking and said, uh, you know, I need some talcum powder because my balls are sweating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so ridiculous, but it was true. I had stepped off that plane, got outside, and it was crazy. And it took me a while to acclimate. It's so weird when you're from Washington State and then you go into the South and uh, some of those joints are super humid. And that's what I experienced in New Orleans. But I was super excited because I've wanted to see an alligator in the wild. <laughs> and uh, I actually got to see one. So fly into New Orleans, we end up going over to Blake's house and um, crashing there for the night. And in the morning, first thing in the morning, um, Blake's Cuda, he has an AAR Cuda. Uh, it was loaded up on the trailer and we jumped in the truck and uh, we took off. But we stopped at this little hole in the wall tourist attraction on the side of the road. I don't remember what the place is called, but it's like a little country village type thing. And it had a place for breakfast, but it also had this little attraction. It's hard for me to explain. So on the backside of these little like shack style buildings, right? And I say that with love, <laughs> these, these rundown buildings on the backside, there's this 
really shitty chain link fence. Okay. And it's like a, an alligator a sanctuary. Okay. So it's got this like pond, uh, for lack of a better term. And, uh, Blake goes in to get like coffees and breakfast or whatever. And Matt and I go back there to see if we can see any gators. And I'm recording. I have a I have a a, a live uh, stream that I did when we went back there to look for gators. And I was talking all sorts of shit. I was saying, you know, I, I don't believe Louisiana actually has gators and all this stuff. Right. And we're looking in the pond and Matt goes, there's a gator right there. And I'm like, are you serious? And over in the pond to the right. There was a gator peeking up out of the water. And he heard Matt and I, I was, I was, I was, I was trolling him a little bit. I said, here, gator, gator, gator. So I watch and this gator starts floating towards me and Matt. Right. So I'm like, no freaking way. This is nuts. And, uh, there's this little like cutout right in front of us. It's like maybe not even 20 feet away. And the gator floats right up to that and then lowers into the water. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Right. And I'm looking at this shitty chain link fence and I'm going, I don't know if this thing can hold a gator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't know how long that thing was. Uh, I guesstimate about six or seven feet long, but um, he was just sitting there stalking us. And funny enough, um, I am happy that I got to see a gator. That was awesome. So, you know, uh, bucket list check mark one. <laughs> but um, I ended up finding out later the gators can actually scale chain link fences. And I had no idea. And I, when I tell you that this chain link fence was a piece of shit, it was a piece of shit. Um, any sizable gator probably could have scaled it, but he might've just broken right through the damn thing. But um, so I got to see my gator and Blake got us like Louisiana style coffee and uh, these little donut pastry things. Um, they had a weird name. I think they were called vignettes. Okay. They were delicious, and when you bite in, there's powder everywhere, right? So I'm eating these things in the back of Blake's truck, and it looks like I'm having a cocaine party because I got powder all over me. I look like Tony Montana. It was ridiculous. But um, the idea, and Blake set this up. He was the mastermind behind this. He um, had a group chat with a lot of his uh, Louisiana friends um, that are Mopar enthusiasts, and we were going to plan a little convoy up to Bowling Green. So we met up with some friends and, um, you know, some badass Mopars. Uh, the, <laughs> the truck that ended up winning uh, best truck at Moparty. So for those of you that don't know, um, for two years now, I've been a judge for Moparty. And um, thanks to Holly for uh, setting that up and giving me the opportunity both years I have judged the truck and SUV class. And last year, a, a badass little red express owned by a gentleman named Chad, um, won best truck. And this year we ended up meeting up with, um, a, a new buddy of mine, uh, Justin, he knew Blake from, uh, Blake helping him with, uh, some wiring for his now Hellcat powered, um, 93, uh, D150, I believe it is. It's a Uteline truck. It's basically like a first gen um, little red, but it's not red. It's like this awesome dark gray color with the baddest ass wheels I've ever seen. He had custom slots made, giant slotted mags made, 
and they're badass. Um, I think they're billet aluminum, but um, so I guess they're just giant aluminum slots, but they're sick. And uh, he had a Hellcat swap done and Blake helped him with the wiring and the truck. I loved it last year and it was basically runner up. I really wanted to pick him last year for the best truck, but um, ultimately I gave it to Chad. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't entirely my decision, even though I was the judge, I was, I, I don't want to say my hand was forced. Um, I suppose that's the wrong terms, but, uh, I was heavily influenced, um, by, uh, someone on Holly's team. And, um, that's why Chad won the first year, but they're both badass trucks and, uh, Chad deserved it. Uh, badass little red and, uh, Justin, um, with this Dodge truck this year, uh, with the Hellcat swap, the truck was just, it, he just took it to another level. The thing is just nasty. And uh, we met up with him, um, our buddy Blaine, who has a 392 uh, swapped A100 van. Okay. <laughs> this thing is also very badass. And you can see pictures of both of those vehicles um, on my Facebook page. But uh, we met up with them and some other folks and road tripped up to Kentucky. And it was an awesome road trip. It's just badass seeing, you know, all the Mopars rolling up on the on the highway. Everybody's checking them out and stuff, getting thumbs up and just getting jocked the whole way. It was really cool. And, you know, for a long time, I've been hearing about this gas station like tourist attraction called Bucky's. Now, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this are like, how has Chris never been to a Bucky's? I know it's crazy, right? Well, I finally got to go to a Bucky's, and it's everything that everybody said it was. It's absolutely insane. Um, people are telling me like it's basically the size of a Walmart, but it's a gas station with I don't know a hundred pumps. <laughs> but uh, I go in this place, and they sell everything. <laughs> it's absolutely insane, and their food selection is off the charts and it is damn good. I will say that. So I got to go to Bucky's. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> nothing like some big furry beaver in the South. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, it was, uh, a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I'm already having a great time, right? I'm just at a gas station. Uh, but so far the trip is bananas and it's great. We make our way into Tennessee and we get basically into downtown I believe it was Nashville, downtown Nashville, and uh, Blaine in the A100 breaks down. All of a sudden, his van shuts off, and thank God we were with the Hemiswap guru, Blake Anderman from Sublime Technologies, formerly known as DIY Hemi. So we turned around, and it ended up being a fuel pump relay. So we got Blaine back on the road and headed into Bowling Green. We got into Bowling Green after dark, and we went to our Airbnb. That's the way I like to travel. I like Airbnbs. Um, uh, when we go to Mo Party, I tend to stay in Airbnbs. Um, so we had an Airbnb. We get to the Airbnb, and it's like in the middle of fraternity and sorority row. It's ridiculous. And um, so we get there. Uh, we get set up, and we decide to go out to a little bar and restaurant. The bar and restaurant that we went to in Bowling Green, Kentucky is called like Smoky Bones or something like that. So we sit at the bar, we get some food, and our bartender's name is Bailey. And if you don't know, Matt and I have a, another podcast called Talking Paranormal. Now, this show is for the weirdos. <laughs> we talk about the weirdest shit you could possibly imagine. 
Um, some stuff we believe, some stuff we don't. It's a lot of fun. But our bartender ended up having some crazy stories. I actually asked her where in Bowling Green I could get tattooed um, on a whim. Um, and, you know, secret time, I never did end up getting tattooed. But Bailey was cool. And she ended up showing off some of her tattoos, including one that was a planchette from a Ouija board, which is some creepy ass shit, right? So <laughs> Bailey ends up telling us that she thinks her house is haunted. So she told us this crazy story and hopefully, hopefully Bailey doesn't forget about us and she comes on the podcast. That'd be a lot of fun. Talk ghosts with her and stuff. But uh, we end up doing that and here's where things get almost interesting. So we go back to the Airbnb, right? And we go inside and I go over to my room. And when I got there, I turned on one of the lights in the room. And it's like the, it had weird, weird, like, um, light bulb sockets. It was like a, a little light fixture, like on the wall. And it just had a, a screw in light bulb. And, uh, I walk in and the light in the room is off and I turned the light on. I remembered it. So I walk over and I realize that the light bulb is no longer in the socket. So I freak the hell out because I think this place is haunted and I think a ghost is fucking with me, right? As it turns out, my dumb ass. So I walked into my room, but the light I actually turned on was the one in Matt's room. So my room never had a light bulb in the socket and I freaked out thinking that somebody was fucking with us and that somebody could have been a ghost. So I'm a dumbass, <laughs> and the place wasn't haunted that I know of. Um, so the next day we go to Mo Party and we have an absolute blast. It's probably as big as it's ever been, if not bigger, a lot of fun. And I know there was a lot of controversy surrounding the um, generally jump not happening this year. Frankly, call me crazy. I didn't miss it at all. <laughs> I've seen it twice now. It's fun and it's cool. And I have no problems with the generally or the flag, but um, I didn't miss the damn thing. Ton of badass Mopars there and a lot, lot of wing cars. Now there was a green wing car that was a clone for $90,000. It was a sublime Superbird clone. And man, I wish I had the money. And when I asked about it, check this out. The guy was the friend of the owner of this green car, but he also had a wing car clone that he was working on. And it was a 1970 Roadrunner, um, white interior, uh, if I remember right, bucket seats, but um, he wanted 30 grand for it. And it was a real Roadrunner in 1970, limelight green. And he had the full Superbird kit for it. And he wanted 30 grand. My God, for about 30 minutes of my life, I thought I was going to sell everything I had just so I can get this wing car clone. But I came to my senses pretty quick. So that didn't happen. But um, they had a an orange Superbird there, six pack car for sale. I don't know how much money, but um, very cool. Uh, another car that really caught my attention was this, like, I think it was a 1990 or 91. Maybe it was a, I don't think it was an 89. I'm pretty sure it had the newer interior. It was a, a Dodge Daytona with a Hemi swap, like a modern Hemi swap. I thought that was badass. Um, 
Horsepower Northwest, which is a local company to me that builds Mopars. Um, the GTXR that they had uh, with the Viper swap in it was actually there. The new owners were there, and I think they won best in show. But um, a ton of badass Mopars there. Um, everything you could think of. Uh, and the swap meet was cool. Um, some overpriced stuff, but I really wasn't, I was just going for a good time. Um, but if you've never made it to Mo Party, it's definitely an event that I think you should check out. Um, they, they need a van class. I'll tell you that you can't, they don't have a class for vans. The closest that, that comes to it is trucks and SUVs. And, uh, Holly, if you ever listen to this, um, you need a van class because I think vans are coming back and there was a few vans there at this one. And I think you're going to see that in the future, more vans are going to start popping up, but, um, lots of cool tin grills, lots of cool swept lines. Um, just everything you want in a Mopar show Mopars of all years, um, all makes it was, it was just a lot of fun. And, um, there was a lot of good patina vehicles there. My A100 with the Superbird wing was there again. That thing is badass. I love that thing. Um, I'm trying to think of all the things that really stood out to me. My friend Sean Sherry Thomas uh, brought his 69 Roadrunner clone. It's a satellite. It's all black, but it is totally uh, like street machine, like street freak style. The thing is badass. Um, that was there. And, uh, you know, complete with side pipes and everything <laughs> jacked up in the back. Um, amazing car. Uh, probably one of my favorite cars there. Um, also, there was a Survivor Daytona in the Survivor tent. That thing was badass. But um, overall, a, a, a great event. Um, of course, my friend uh, Tommy Marauder from uh, Slicks of Hope. That's the charity that supports... Um, the uh, St. Baldrick's uh, Foundation for uh, Pediatric Cancer. It basically funds the research. And if you have a chance, please go support Slicks of Hope. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. Um, a very good charity. 75% of all donations actually go to the kids. So it's not one of those charities where only a very small percentage goes to research or helping the children. It's 75% that goes to the kids. So it's a, a charity that I support. And uh, Tommy brought us 1320. And uh, he was out there on spray and uh, running some pretty, pretty damn good times. I think he was in the low 10s, knocking on the door 9s. But um, badass 1320. I love that car. Um, you really have to. So um, Matt Blake and I uh, filmed a lot of footage and took a lot of pictures. And we're trying to create a very, uh, very short documentary about the whole experience. And uh, we really need to get on top of that. It's not going to be very long, but it'll be fun. And you'll get to see some of the uh, some of the stuff that we saw. Um, it did have a situation <laughs> at Mo party that was unfortunate and I was debating whether or not I wanted to talk about it, but I think it's important. Blake was actually autocrossing his AAR Cuda and it's got a 5.7 Hemi swap, real AAR and a uh, very cool car. Um, and he got flagged over to go get staged up to go run some, uh, run a lap or two or whatever uh, for autocross. Um, he was getting ready to go run his lap and one of the, um, event staff for, I believe FM three marketing 
was waving him over. So he jumps in the CUDA and he goes over there and there's these like vinyl flags that separate different areas of the show or whatever. And she lifts this vinyl, vinyl line of flags, right? And, and, and kind of ushers him through and underneath the flags and she's holding him up. She lets the, so me and, me and Justin, Blaine and Matt, I believe, um, maybe it was me, Blaine and Matt. I don't remember exactly who was there, but we were all standing underneath our tent and, uh, we heard a snap, right? And, uh, the dreadful metal on metal sound. And what this gal did was she dropped the vinyl flags as Blake was driving underneath these flags. She dropped them on top of his car. He didn't even notice, right? Keeps driving and tears. Uh, that's not a good word breaks the antenna of his AAR clean off because the vinyl flag strip caught the antenna, broke it right off, slammed into the deck lid and, uh, or maybe it was the Dutchman panel. Anyway, it slammed into Blake's AAR CUDA snapped the antenna mast off. <laughs> okay. Um, and Blake stops, gets out and he's clearly fucking pissed as anyone should be right. Why the hell would that girl do that? Um, and it's a real AAR CUDA. You know, some of you are probably thinking, you know, what are you talking about? It went over the top of his car and broke the antenna mast off. Well, on an AAR CUDA, the antenna is not on the fender. It's actually on the rear quarter panel on the top of the rear quarter panel. Um, it, uh, <laughs> it shocked everybody. We were like, holy shit, what happened? And we went over there. And damn, I'll be damned if those vinyl flag things aren't strong as hell because this thing put a nice little wrinkle in Blake's original quarter panel on his AAR. So you can only imagine what was going through Blake's head. He was pissed, but Blake is one of the nicest guys I know. So, you know, he, he voiced his frustration, but I sat there and I watched my friend, you know, his, his car get damaged. And the gal was basically like, oops, sorry. <laughs> like, no, not oops, sorry. Okay. So to make a long story short, we ended up talking to uh, some event staff and um, they offered to buy Blake a new antenna mast and uh, get some paintless dent removal done to get that wrinkle out of his car. Unfortunately, that took about four hours out of our day. Um, Blake had to do a bunch of paperwork and we actually drove the CUDA um, out for lunch to the uh, paintless dent repair place. So while it was getting repaired um, on their dime, um, we went and had some lunch, but uh, they were able to get most, if not all of the dent out, thank God. But um, I don't know if Blake ever got reimbursed for that antenna mast, to be honest. And uh, that's super unfortunate. I was very disappointed that it had to get to the point of us saying something to the event staff to get somebody in charge over there to look at the damage caused to Blake's car. That was super disappointing. It should have been way easier than that. And frankly, it should have never happened. So that was a little bit of drama that we had to deal with. But other than that, um, great day. The second day I had to judge all of the trucks and SUVs at this show. And I included the vans in there. <clears throat> um, but I knew, so my friend Justin or our friend Justin has this 93 D 150. Okay. Hellcat swapped beautiful truck. Like I said, it has the giant aluminum, uh, slots on it, custom made custom cut wheels. 
The thing is just badass, clean as clean could be. And, you know, I got a lot of flack for this, but to make a long story short, I looked at every truck <laughs> on the premises. And the way I judged this class was if I could take any truck, SUV, or van home with me, which one would it be? What is my personal favorite um, truck, SUV, or van at this show? And I don't want to sound biased, but that truck is just so badass. If I was told I could take any truck at that show home, it would have been Justin's truck. You know, that's all there is to it. And I tried to give everybody a fair shake. Like I said, I looked at every truck on that premises. Um, lots of badass trucks, I will say that. So to anybody that didn't win, that had a truck, van, or SUV at Holly's Mo Party 2023, just know that a lot of your vehicles, a lot of your Mopars were badass. And I wish there was a first through third. Um, there was a, a couple swept lines that I thought were amazing. Um, uh, just a lot of cool trucks. So it's so hard to judge these things, especially when it's based on your personal pick. And I got a lot of flack because I ended up picking Justin's truck and he's my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Blake's worked on his truck. Uh, I absolutely love the truck. It was runner up last year. So with the Hellcat swap, it just pushed it over the edge for me. And, um, you know, regardless, I knew I was going to get shit for picking his truck just because he's my friend. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't care because if there was any truck I was going to take home, it would have been that one. So I ended up um, making Justin's truck my pick. Now, if anybody has a problem with that, guess what? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, that's the truck I picked. So um, it was awesome seeing Justin get to do the lap uh, at the show and uh, accept his award. That was very cool. He put a lot of time and money and effort into that truck. So uh, seeing him get the trophy and be excited about it was really cool. And, um, you know, I, I have zero, zero, zero regrets about giving him that award. Um, burnout contest. I stayed for a part of it, not all of it. Um, when you've seen one burnout contest, you've seen them all. And uh, this is the last day of the event. And and frankly, I, I was ready to get back to the Airbnb and uh, have a little party with the boys. Um, you know, the show was great. Mo Party 2023. I know. So every year I go to these shows and or these events, and I always end up regretting not spending more time on the drag strip. I got plenty of footage, but it's just, I, I really wish I could spend more time. The problem is when you get these events that have so many things mixed in, you know, autocross, uh, Dodge thrill rides, drag racing, a giant car show, a swap meet, vendor, uh, a vendor midway. All these things make these events a little bit harder because you want to see it all, but you know you just can't. So you know, I committed to myself that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna see more drag racing this year, and they even have like an off road course, and I which I didn't see at all, which was kind of a regret. But uh, I did see some more drag racing, not quite as much as I would like. But, um, you know, I'm going to say it every time. I'm going to try to get more footage and spend some more time at the drag strip. But there's just so much cool stuff to see. Um, the nice thing is, is when you're in the show field, uh, you can hear the tires screeching and the engines roaring. So it's just an awesome atmosphere. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Moparty 2023, 
amazing show. I don't know. I'm honored that I was able to be a judge twice. I don't know if I want to do it again, to be honest with you. I, I don't like the pressure. Um, I don't like the backlash. Um, but I do like getting to make my quote unquote celebrity pick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, they call them celebrity show judges. I am by no means a celebrity, but I'm definitely honored to get the opportunity. So thank you to Holly for giving me that opportunity. Um, they may, they may toss the opportunity back at me again. And I don't know if I'm going to accept it. Not because, um, I don't want to do it. It's just a matter of, gosh, it takes so much time. (laughs) I mean, hours (laughs) to do it. Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know how long it took me this year, but it was definitely over an hour. Um, and I, I just, I would much rather just enjoy the event and cover the event, get, uh, pictures and video and stuff like that. Um, which I did, you know, I went live quite a bit and I got some good footage, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really feel like I, I'm going to accept, um, a third of the responsibility here. I really feel like I could have did a better job of getting good footage for this little mini documentary that Matt Blake and I are working on. Um, it's going to be cool, but it can always be better. So I'm always looking for ways to improve. So, uh, we'll have a better battle plan next time, but, um, I still think we'll be able to come up with a good product. So please stay tuned for that. Um, I'll be posting it on YouTube and all my social medias and stuff, but, um, last day, all my New Orleans buddies made jambalaya. Blake was at the helm. He made the jambalaya. It was pretty damn good. I'll tell you that. Um, he also had these like dirty rice stuffed sausages <laughs> that are like Louisiana like specials. <laughs> I don't remember what they're called, um, but damn, they were they were delicious. Uh, I, I just overall I had a great time. Um, one last night at uh at the airbnb and then we got up at like two o'clock in the morning and uh got matt to the uh, nashville airport because he was flying back home to arkansas from nashville and then blake and i did the rest of the trek um the rest of like eight hours or whatever um back to new orleans where i would end up jumping on a plane at the airport and flying back home um you know mo party 2023 what a blast what a good time with the exception of the issue uh, with Blake's AAR CUDA. Um, it, it was a great time. And I, I, I want to go back next year, but there is an event that I really want to check out. Okay. And it's called cruising the coast. I know a lot of you are probably listening to this and you've heard about it and you've heard about how badass this event is. And it's like a, a week long cruise from Louisiana through Mississippi. And I think, I think it's into Alabama too, but it's like cruising the, the Gulf coast. And it's like I said, a week long and there's thousands. Let me say that again. There's thousands of classic car, basically all, all types of uh, cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, all, hot rodded out, you know what I mean? Muscle cars, hot rods, street rods, street machines, um, whatever you can think of. But uh, Blake keeps telling me about how awesome this event is. And I've looked at some of the show coverage and it's just amazing. Like I said, it's a week long cruise of the coast. So 
I got to check that out. I don't know if I'll be able to do Mo Party, the duct tape drags, and Cruising the Coast. That's a lot. Um, so I'm going to have to pick and choose next year. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I really want to see Carlisle. Um, Chrysler's at Carlisle looks like an amazing event too. And I, I would like to see that. Um, so I, I'd like to make Carlisle. Uh, I love the duct tape drags. I'm going to talk about that on the next show. The duct tape drags was a lot of fun this year. Um, but uh, I really want to check out Cruising the Coast. And I just don't know if I can make all of those events happen. So I really got to plan 2024 carefully. Um, but uh, thus far, um, my time at Mo Party has been fun. All three events that I've been to have been amazing. And um, uh, I would like to make 2024. I really would. But there's some other events on my bucket list that I really need to check off. So we'll see what happens in 2024. Um, as of right now, I would like to say that I would be at Mo Party 2024, but I'm just not sure yet. So I got to take a look at 2024 and see what I can do. But um, if you've never been to Mo Party, I highly suggest that you make plans for 2024 to check it out because it is badass. That's it for this episode of Talking Mopars. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for talking Mo Party 2023. Um, like I said, we're making this we're making this little documentary, so it should be out here soon. I don't know how soon. I got to get all my footage together. Matt's got to get all his footage together, and I think we're leaving it in Matt's hands to uh, do the production on it. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But um, next show we'll be talking about the duct tape drags, and uh, if I have enough time, I'll talk about what's going on for the rest of the year. I'm not going to make it to SEMA this year. Um, especially now that I heard Dodge is pulling out of SEMA. Um, so, uh, I'm not too thrilled about that. Um, but, uh, definitely one more event this year that I'm going to go to, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, for those of you that haven't heard, you know, I'll say, I'll save that for the next show or the show after that. Um, but it's, it's an event that I've been wanting to go to for a long time and I'm really excited about it. And, uh, the only reason why I'm even going is thanks to Phil and Jill Painter from Muscle Cars at the Strip. They are paying my way to this next event. And like I said, we'll talk about that on the next show. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next show. Thank you for being patient with me as I get back on the horse once again. And remember, no Mopar left behind. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And if you are thinking about swapping a modern Hemi into your classic Mopar, then go visit my friends at Sublime Technologies. Blake has done an amazing job about creating affordable products to help you get your Mopar wired up with a modern Hemi. So be sure to check out Sublime Technologies, formerly known as DIY Hemi. It's ran by my buddy Blake, and he's doing big things, and I support him in everything that he does. So remember, folks, let's Hemi swap the world. Go visit my friend Blake at Sublime Technologies and buy some products to wire up your classic Mopar for a Gen 3 modern Hemi. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that 
was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.